Welcome back to episode 77 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today on the podcast, we're going to cover a really intriguing and interesting topic, and it takes us back 5,000, 10,000, even 400,000 years. And we're going to go over ancient Sumeria and Anunnaki. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over some uh, brief achievements of the ancient Sumerians who are from the area known as Mesopotamia. And basically Mesopotamia is the Fertile Crescent and it's the Cradle of Civilization. And it's I believe Mesopotamia means the land between two rivers, which is the Tigris and the Euphrates River. This is basically the Cradle of Civilization. And uh, many, many of our great achievements come from that region, from, from those people, the ancient Sumerians. So basically, I'm going to go over a, a brief little timeline uh, of this civilization and their achievements. And in addition to that, we're going to go over uh, what's known as uh, the Anunnaki, which is, has been written about, there's an author by the name of Zachariah Sitchin, and he wrote extensively about the Anunnaki which are people that came from the planet Nibiru and hypothetically or supposedly um, they actually created homo sapien intelligent man through genetic engineering so we're going to get into all of that so we're going to start with a timeline and a listing of the ancient Sumerian achievements Uh, the Sumerians they invented the first form of writing which is called cuneiform writing and it was writing that was done with a wedge or sharp implement and they basically pressed it into soft clay and made these wedge shaped symbols which they dried and it became you know their record their recorded history and their legal contracts and just the first form of writing so approximately 3400 bc uh this is when they first created um their first form of writing which was based on something that's called pictographs and pictographs basically were just like kind of rough pictures to convey written messages like they might make it like a rough picture of water or a cow or wheat and then over time that developed into the cuneiform writing which is as i said written in wedges so once this cuneiform writing was invented they created the first contracts and from the cuneiform writing they also created these cylinders and these cylinders were round cylindrical dried um i believe it was clay and what they would do is roll this cylinder out on a piece of wet clay and it would leave an impression on that piece of clay like a flat piece of clay it would flatten out and it would leave an impression of the writing that was on that cylinder and that became the first written contracts back uh 3,500 years ago they uh, also invented a lot of mathematics that could be accredited to them uh, now it's debatable but I think the in- Indians or the Indo in- Indian people from India kind of invented the zero but also the uh, the Sumerians actually invented the zero and you know writing in system with tens you know zeros and decimal points and all that so that was back around 4000 bc they had multiplication tables fractions and which uh, they used this mathematics to measure land 
and to make calculations on the sun, moon, and planets. They invented irrigation, canals, sewer systems, uh, paved roads, stone paved roads for transportation and for getting around easier. Also running water, storage of water for irrigation, for watering their crops. Also farming, the plow. This is all inventions that came from ancient Sumeria. Now we move on to time. Basically, they uh, were the first people to start the 60-minute hour, uh, the 60-second minute, the 24-hour day, the 365-day year, the 12-month calendar. And if you take 60 and multiply it by 60, you get 360, which is kind of interesting. Also, they have the first recorded um, medicine. Back around oh, 3000 BC, they used plants to cure sickness. They used minerals and oils. And it looks like they found some skulls with holes in them, which means, the, and that were partially healed up holes, which means that they performed some crude type of brain surgery. Uh, the Sumerians invented beer. I think the Egyptians also had it, but I know the Sumerians invented beer around 500 BC. And there are recipes that are written on clay tablets, recipes for beer that are from five, you know, from that period, from that time, right around when writing started. Uh, also, it looks like they invented the arch right around 4000 BC. Uh, you know, the arch, which, you know, you have to get that wedge-shaped keystone to make, uh, and we all know the contribution that the arch made to mankind. I mean, it's amazing, the arch which the Romans and the, well, the Romans really went to town with the aqueducts and the Colosseum and all of the great uh, architecture that they developed, but that really comes from Mesopotamia, the arch. They started um, kingships, cities, I believe the first city or one of the first cities ever was the city of Ur, which still exists. Nineveh, which is Jonah and the whale, that story, I believe he was from the city of Ur. They invented fortified cities with walls and moats surrounding the cities, uh, the sailboat, these big ziggurat structures that were kind of like pyramid-like, uh, metalworking, uh, bronze tools and weapons. They also created written law around 2000 BC. As we all know, Hammurabi's code, which is an eye for an eye. They had judges and trials, okay? Again, they invented the plow, uh, agriculture, irrigation, it's amazing. Another thing is the uh, they have a written record or history of the Epic of Gilgamesh, or the Great Flood. And that goes back to, uh, I think that was written 2000 BC. So it's really, really interesting. So this is just to illustrate their contribution. So these are not wacky, kooky people that invented stuff and hallucinated and just drew whatever came out of their brain really really advanced highly intelligent civilization and it's again the cradle of civilization mesopotamia now there's something really interesting um here that is going to be covered by joe rogan and this is a podcast that he did with eddie hong uh, in 2016 about two years ago a little over two years ago and we're going to play that clip right now and then we're going to hop into some really really interesting stuff
I'm, I'm fascinated by this Planet Nine thing they're, they're trying to observe now because this is something I've been studying for a long time that uh, they've been thinking it was there was very little evidence of it up until recently but that there was another planet outside the Kuiper Belt somewhere outside of Pluto it's one of the reasons why they declassified Pluto as a planet but now um, they're almost positive that there's a planet out there they said I think that the they said within 99% certainty that there's a gigantic planet somewhere around four to five times the size of the Earth that is out way, way, way past Jupiter. And uh, so I was going to a lot of these YouTube videos that were describing it and then reading the comments. The comments were fascinating. So that's a totally different sort of world. Yeah. You know, people are debating, like, the ramifications. And then every now and then one of the Zacharias Hitchin people would jump in there. Do you know who Zacharias Hitchin is? No. Zacharias Hitchin was a guy who actually... Ironically enough, predicted this in the 70s, but he called it the 12th planet because that's when they thought Pluto was still a planet, and then they thought the moon was a planet. Um, like, this is all based on the Sumerian text. This is all getting real convoluted now. But Zachariah Sitchin, he um, is a biblical scholar. He's dead now. But he wrote all these books about this culture from another planet called the Anunnaki, and this is transcribing the ancient Sumerian text. The Sumerians were the oldest. There he is. That's, see that thing that he's holding up in front of him? That is a piece of uh, Sumerian art that depicts these... Uh, that looks like some fucking Transformers shit. Uh, well, it does, right? Well, what's interesting is you see that star... You yeah. see the star, the sun with all the planets? That is our solar system. It's not just our solar system. That is all the planets in all the right sizes. Which is kind of fucking crazy. Wow. Yeah, and this was six thousand years ago when wow. a lot of people didn't even think that the world—they thought the world was flat, right? But it also depicted this orbit. This what what they believe is is one of the things that the uh, Sumerian texts describe is this elliptical orbit of this planet called Nibiru, and this planet is in the outside edge of our solar system. It comes between Mars and Jupiter, in their in the, this Zacharias Hitchin translation, I think it was every 3,600-something years, and that this is where the Anunnaki came from. And then what they did is they came down here, they studied some lower hominids, they introduced their DNA into these lower hominids and made human beings. And so he had predicted this planet being outside of our solar system for a long time. It's a, the, different. And like, it's there. Yeah, it is there. The Do orbit, we know what's on this planet? Well, the orbit is different. The, the, the size of the orbit is different compared to what he described. No, we don't even have a picture of it, so we, don't, we definitely don't know what it looks like. But the, um, the Anunnaki, as described by Zechariah Hitchin, is the same thing as um, in the, bib the biblical term of the Elohim. Like, there's also different um, descriptions of these giants that came from somewhere else. Like, uh, those, uh, I think the description of Anunnaki, what it means is those from heaven to earth came. And the idea is that these advanced beings came down here and genetically engineered human beings. It's widely discredited by other scholars of ancient uh, Babylonian and Sumerian culture, but fun as shit to pretend and, re and read and wonder, well, what if he's right, man? But see, when you do look at some of the stuff, though, you go, okay, well, how did they know about the solar system? How did they know about all those planets? Not only that, they had the caduceus, you know, the caduceus, the symbol for uh, medicine. It's also the double helix of DNA, and that's what he believes it, it represented. He believes that the, that, that caduceus symbol that they had um, represents DNA, and that that's what the, what 
the ancient Sumerian people were trying to describe when they carved these things into clay tablets. They were trying to, as, as best they could, make some sort of a, 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 a rational, logical depiction of what they were being told by these, uh, these ancient people. Damn. So we might have already figured it out once, and then we're figuring it out again. Or not. Or there's just a giant. Or they just have decorations that look like See, DNA. See, there's there's the double helix. See, look at you look at the double helix oh. of DNA, and then you look at the caduceus, where this intertwined. You see the but top like, one with the two eagles. If I was eagles? gonna, if I was six thousand years old, man, and I was gonna design some shit with snakes, I mean, six thousand like, years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would kind of look like that. Well, that but it does look like a double helix of DNA. I mean, it, yeah. it's very very similar. But it also looks like a guy was just like trying to decorate with two snakes. Totally. Doing the tango. But why does it represent medicine? And why does it still represent medicine today? That caduceus, that symbol, still represents medicine today. True. That's, it's, it's that all, one I'm having trouble explaining. There's some weird shit. There's also some weird shit in terms of uh, some of the imagery uh, that they had. of uh, The solar system one is one of the most telling because it's really bizarre that without a telescope, they were able to draw a detailed image of the solar system. Like, how the fuck did they do that? How did they know that there was that many planets out there? How were they able to differentiate between stars and planets? How did they know the right number of planets? Yeah. Not only that, they also had a detailed depiction of the creation of the moon. They have two, you know, s scientists and uh, astronomers, they have Earth 1 and Earth 2, meaning that Earth was a certain size and a certain shape in the beginning, and then it was hit by another planet. Um, that's also in the ancient Sumerian depiction of how the universe was created or how the solar system was created. They, there's a planet called uh, Marduk and Tiamat, and uh, Tiamat collided with Marduk or something like that. I forget exactly what the – but essentially it's Earth 1 and Earth 2. It's the same model that actual astrologers or astronomers use today when they're describing the Earth. But he thinks these people from the other planet came here and created humans. He does. He thinks, well, he's dead. He did. He believed that that's what the ancient Sumerian text was trying to describe. But there's a whole website called SitchinIsWrong.com, and SitchinIsWrong.com is from other scholars who were tired of listening to all this, what they felt was nonsense. And they, you know, they, they sort of laid out what they think is incorrect about his translations. But at the end of the day, put the translations aside, and you're looking at a 6,000-year-old depiction of the solar system. It's like, what the fuck is that? Not only that, there's these also depictions of these enormous people with these little monkey people sitting in their lap. And this was what he believed was describing the Anunnaki's genetic alterations of monkeys, of taking these lower hominids, introducing their superior advanced DNA into these monkeys and creating something that's very different. Do, 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 do. I know we would do it. I'll tell you that for fuck sure. Right, if we found another planet, there was a bunch of dumb monkeys on. We oh. did a detailed like audit of the planet and found no higher animals, nothing that had a computer. We would drop our seeds. Real. Well, it's just it's fun. Most of it is fun. But if you look at that uh, that image that you had pulled up before, Jamie, there's an image of one of those Anunnaki having a person having a little uh, monkey like person sitting in their lap. It's not on this page. It's before when you had it. Uh, look at some of those other images. There's uh, these ones where these guys, these enormous-looking characters, have these little tiny monkey people with thumbs on their feet, and they're sitting on this guy's lap. They have thumbs on their feet? Yeah, in the drawing. Yeah, they're, they're smaller, and they have thumbs on their lap. And according to the text this guy described, 
the text is very confusing too because it's something called cuneiform and cuneiform it's like have you ever been in an old building that has like those old school nails do you know what those old school nails looked like? Like at the turn of the century, they were like a flat top, but it was almost like a wedge, and that's what nails looked like. Oh, that's how they—that was their writing. That's not it, Jamie, but that's that's one of them. That's similar though. But this is Egyptian. You're looking at something that's Egyptian. <laughs> um, but the Anunnaki one—you uh, had had it from just if you go back to that window that you had before. Go back to that window that you had before that had the depiction of the solar system. Clicked around oh, on that one. Okay. Yeah, because when you would went whatever search that you use for that, there was one of them that had one of those homeboys had one of them sitting on his lap. All right up there, right up there at the top. See right there, bam. See that? Oh, like look at that. With the thumb foot. Yeah, it's there's a few of these that have uh, little weird that people think are depictions of uh, things with tails. It's very strange stuff, man. It's very strange. At the very least. They had an advanced that knowledge. That guy looks like a Teletubby, the one he's holding up. He <laughs> kind of looks like a Teletubby. Well, it doesn't look like a monkey in that picture, but in some of them, they they actually look like they have yeah. tails. He got the fuckboy not haircut, too. There's also there's all sorts of weird stuff involved in it. Their, their knowledge of the solar system is one of the most disturbing things, because you're talking about 6,000 years ago. Like, how did they know about all those planets? How did they know that they were... Uh, they, they, they knew the right orbit. You know, they knew that Jupiter was, like, far larger than Mars. They had Mars smaller than Earth. They had, like, all the orbits correct. It was really strange stuff. Yeah, it's... it. So, who were the Anunnaki? Um, basically, I'm going to put it in a nutshell, as Joe Rogan kind of just outlined. Um, there is... A planet that's called the planet Nibiru and it was called the 10th planet because they considered Pluto a planet but now I guess it's the ninth it would be the ninth planet and this was all speculation from these tablets these Sumerian tablets that talked about the Anunnaki and basically Anunnaki means those from heaven to earth came so this planet Nibiru is a planet that's about five times the size of the planet Earth, and it has a very obscure elliptical orbit that takes 3,600 years to complete its complete orbit around the sun. So, that being said, this planet was having an issue with its atmosphere, and it had an advanced people on there called the Anunnaki. The the environment, their environment was getting, I guess, damaged by the rays of the sun, so they needed to protect their their planet, so they needed gold dust. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, but it's this is all documented on here. They needed gold dust, and I guess they ran out of it on their planet, so they came here to Earth, who had vast resources of um, gold in the crust. So they came, again, they came from heaven to Earth, they came... And they had their own slave uh, slave race, which were called, I believe, the Aji, which was their own indigenous people. They came here with the Aji, and they were mining gold and, you know, sending it back to their planet to protect their, you know, their system over there, the ecosystem. And something happened with these Aji people that they rebelled because they were being really put into some hard slavery. They rebelled. And as a result of the rebellion, 
they had uh, there were two principal characters or two principal people that were here doing the major work running running the show, and it was two brothers, Enki and Enlil. Enki was a genetic engineer who actually supposedly developed and geoengineered Homo sapien intelligent mankind, and Enlil was like the driver boss that just wanted the production of the gold to come out and all all and this such thing. So these G people, they went to rebel and Enlil got really upset and basically, I guess, wiped them all out. So they didn't have any more slaves to conduct this mining work for them. So they came up with a plan between Enki and Enlil and what they did was they went to the primate, not the Cro-Magnum, but the pre-homo sapien men and basically geoengineered their own dna the anunnaki dna into this kind of like ape-like man and came up with homo sapien and the way it's documented this happened about four hundred thousand years ago now there's a very very interesting point here in that up until recently up until i think last year 2017 it was believed that the oldest homo sapien the oldest modern man came from ethiopia and that was about supposedly from what they could discover was two hundred thousand years old so they believe that the oldest homo sapien man from ethiopia which came from ethiopia was two hundred thousand years old but last year in 2017 they made a discovery in morocco which is uh northwest africa right across from spain they discovered a homo sapien that was 300,000 years old, which is kind of lining up with this uh, 400,000 year old development of homo sapien by the Anunnaki. It's really interesting. So back to the back to the point. So these are G people rebelled, Enki wiped them out. They needed uh, they needed slaves to mine gold. So Enki did geoengineering, spliced in some genetic code into you know some some primitive primitive man ape-like man and developed homo sapien intelligent man with intelligence and put them as slaves to mine gold for them and this got Enlil very very upset because he felt that Enki did too much of a good job of putting intelligence into mankind and Enlil and and Lil felt that at some point man was going to rebel against the Anunnaki and kick him off the planet and so on and on and on. And what ended up happening as a result of this was Enlil supposedly created the deluge or the great flood, which is about 10,000 years ago. And supposedly these people lived for thousands and thousands of years. So and Lil was very upset, created the deluge, the great flood, which wiped out pretty much the whole planet and this is all documented in the epic of gilgamesh the sumerian epic of gilgamesh which talks about a great flood they did some ice core samples in iceland and that did support that ten thousand years ago um the sea level was much lower and there was some kind of great deluge some type of great flood that wiped out most of the life on earth so this is all supported by science Now, interesting, uh, interestingly enough, we're going to go back to this uh, genetic engineered man. The first man on these tablets, the first man that 
Enki created, his name was Adamu, like Adam from the Bible. There's a lot, a lot of similarities between the Bible, especially the Old Testament, and these Mesopotamian tablets and stories of the Anunnaki. There's a lot, a lot of tines, and too many to get into in this one podcast, so I'm going to kind of keep it focused on just this uh, creation of, of Homo sapien. If you go back and look into the documentation, this research by Zachariah Sitchin and such, there's really some very interesting things that you can see. First of all, one is a clay tablet. If you go online, you'll see it. Um, and you see one that Zachariah Sitchin is holding a very large reproduction of this tablet, one of these cylinder seal tablets. And what it depicts is it depicts an Anunnaki with, uh, with, humans but the Anunnaki you can see they're much bigger and then it shows our solar system with the sun in the middle and this is going back like uh, 5,000 years ago five six or oh, 5,000 BC rather it's depicting our sun with the planets in, as Joe Rogan said with the planets in proportion in the right distance and in the right number and it also shows their planet Nibiru you know proportionally about five times larger than our our own planet and there's no way, I mean, how did they How did they know this? Another thing that's really interesting is they had the symbol of the caduceus, which are the two intertwined serpents around the staff with the wings on top, which perfectly reflects the DNA structure of, of our genetic code, the double helix of DNA, which for them represented medicine as it does today. Coincidence? I think not. Now, another very interesting thing documented on these tablets, these Sumerian tablets, are two planets uh, by the name of Marduk and Tiamat. And these two planets, the orbit that these two planets had were right between, right uh, past Mars. So, you know, you have the orbits go, you have the Sun, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, and then you had these two planets, Tiamat and Marduk. And supposedly what happened was these two planets collided. And as a result of the collision, they exploded and created what's called the asteroid belt, which is comprised of, it's just a bunch of rubble and debris and asteroids that are right outside of the orbit past Mars. And it's there, you can see it. And these, these uh, tablets discuss that in great detail. Another thing these tablets discuss and depict, rather, is it shows these Anunnaki people, which you can see proportionally they're a lot larger than the mankind. But in one of these depictions, or in a couple of them, it shows an Anunnaki, like one of these big uh, advanced beings, with like a monkey-like uh, thing on its lap, a monkey-like being on its lap with a tail and kind of a weird shape. And, and it gets into the genetic engineering aspect of it. And interesting, interestingly enough, if you look into this, uh, the epic or the story of Atlantis ties into this kind of perfectly too. And it looks like they actually did discover Atlantis right below modern-day Morocco. There's these concentric rings that are there. If you Google it, you'll see it. And it seems like uh, Atlantis could conceivably, conceivably have been right in north west africa right below morocco so some really interesting stuff that whole thing with the concentric circles check it out
Now there's another really, really interesting tie into this. And what that is, is it's called RH negative blood type. And RH negative blood type is very, very rare and only about 15% of the population has RH negative blood type. 40% of the people with RH negative blood type are in the from the Basque region, which is a very um, isolated people that live in north in the region between northern Spain and southern France, which comprise about 40% of all the people with RH negative blood type. Another group of people that have this RH negative blood type come from Morocco. Now, interestingly enough, that's the region where they found the 300,000-year-old Homo sapien in Morocco. And as I said, they believe that Atlantis was from that region also. So the way it breaks, and, and then the Kur this Kurdish people, which are in northern Iraq and parts of Syria, these Kurdish people, that they're very distinct from everybody around them. Their genetic type, their blood type is different, and it seems that their genetic code to some degree is different. And the, the way it's the way I understand it is that when you have this Rh negative blood type, <clears throat> you're more closely tied into the Anunnaki bloodline. So looking at that, when Enlil created the Deluge, he wanted to wipe out everyone with those Anunnaki traits, and you know start start anew, but. I guess what this is stating is that a lot this these people are more directly tied into that bloodline. Some crazy stuff. And if you look further into it, there's a lot more than what I'm stating right now. I mean, there's it's there's a preponderance of really interesting facts and and, and dates and references like the Caduceus and stuff like that that really really are illustrated or depicted and documented in these clay tablets. And there's thousands, I think 40,000 clay tablets in the Museum of London, I believe it is, that haven't even really been deciphered yet. And for some reason, all of this information is being suppressed. You never hear about the contributions of Mesopotamia, of these people, uh, Babylonia. You never hear of their contributions. It's, it's all like uh, in the educational system, they get into it and they go, well, you know, the way we had cavemen... And it evolved from cavemen, they left the cave, and they started farming, agriculture. But they don't mention that, you know, this was really started by the people of this region. It's never it's never brought to light. Not, And I'm not talking about just the Anunnaki information or anything like that, but just the, these Mesopotamian people's contribution to civilization. You know, it's just glossed over, and who knows why? I mean, isn't it interesting? Don't you think that this would be... The true teachings of history, our true ori origins. You know, these people invented beer for crying out loud. I mean, you, don't you think people would like realize and recognize that? You know, beer automatically you think, oh, it was invented in Germany. And I don't know, it's just, it's it's a big cover up and it's just a suppressed history, forbidden suppressed history. So basically to wrap it up, um, after the deluge, which was about 10,000 years ago that wiped out most of the population. I guess the earth started from scratch and I, I'm guessing the Anunnaki are gone and you know, we're, we're back to square one and it's kind of like civilization started all over again. But there's some really, really interesting anomalies that, that um, if you look into it, there's still no answers to. 
And some of these interesting anomalies are, um, they discovered old structures, megalithic structures, in Turkey, which is called Gilbeki Tepe, and that goes back about 11,000 years. So it would have been just, I guess, just before the deluge, and it's it's covered up in just, you know, I don't know, 50 to 100 feet of, of dirt. And it's some really, really intricately carved um, stone megalithic structures and temples. So this this is going back. This predates what a lot of people thought. Uh, the, this these type of structures being built, seven thousand BC, which is maybe a thousand years after Gilbeki Tepe, there's a place called Belbek in Lebanon, where they have stones that are two thousand tons, that were quarried out of the ground, and they made this temple, which subsequent to this, these people in Lebanon, creating this Gilbeki Tepe, this temple, the Romans built upon their original megalithic structure, and they, I believe it's called the Temple of Hercules, or the Temple of Jupiter, I believe it is, and they built on top of it. But if you look underneath the base of that structure, you'll see these 200, 2,000 ton megalithic stones set in place. And it's, it's we can't do that today. If you look at the way the, the pyramids, the alignment of the pyramids to the four coordinates of the planet east north west and south but perfectly done there's no explanation for it the egyptian obelisks how they're carved out of granite the egyptian the egyptians had a a, a habit of creating their art out of granite out of danorite out of some of the hardest stone known to man that really there's why would you want to create art in like sculptures of your pharaohs in the heart you know pretty much the hardest stone known to man so they had some technology that's not available to us today. If you look at some of those Egyptian, that Egyptian art of their pharaohs, just everything that they did out of this granite and danorite and these shifts or whatever the type of stone that is. I get into this in, in, in my John Anthony West Magical Egypt. It's eight episodes. If you look back, he gets into it in great detail. John Anthony West, dude's awesome. But the, But we have no explanation for how they were able to achieve these things, like drilling holes in, into uh, into the granite. If you look at Machu Picchu, and I believe it's called the Temple of the Sun in, in Peru and in these countries, they have these H-shaped blocks with grooves cut into them and holes. and It's amazing. You have to go online and look at it, but we have no idea how, how this was done. They have these walls and these temples and these megalithic structures with stones which are cut at very odd angles like odd shapes with no mortar and they just perfectly fit into one another we have no idea how they did this and supposedly they had copper tools which is bullshit we have no idea so i'm not proposing that you know martians came you know from the sky and you know and created men like an erector said anything like that and i'm not you know i'm not trying to propose any craziness but there's a lot of facts here that you have to look at and weigh and measure against one another with these ancient stories, with this deluge 10,000 years ago matching with the ice core samples from Iceland. There's, there's too many correlations, too many connections to things. You know, Atlantis, you know, and a lot of this stuff is recently coming to light. Like I said, modern science just 
validated, to, as Joe Rogan said, to 99% accuracy that there is a planet with a, with a 3,600-year orbit, give or take, which is five times the size of planet Earth. So this has been substantiated. This this is something you got to look into. I'm, I'm, I don't want to overload uh, this podcast with too many facts and everything like that. I don't want to confuse it. But what I want to do is stimulate some thought, some rational thinking, research where, you know, I'm a really big believer where you got to put your facts together. Don't believe what anybody tells you. Look at the facts that are out there for you. You know, the internet is good and bad. There's a lot of bullshit on the internet and there's a lot of truth and you got to weigh it all out together. But I mean, if my man Joe Rogan is, you know, espousing this and talking about this, you know, there's got to be some substance to it. He's a really smart dude and it really piques his interest. And Eddie Bravo, his, his, uh, his buddy, Eddie Bravo, the jujitsu master, is deep into this. As a matter of fact, he calls his uh, jiu-jitsu studio 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, which is the Biru. So some crazy stuff. Well, you know, I've went on long enough with this. Hopefully, um, you know, you guys enjoyed this podcast. I want to thank you for your time. Uh, namaste. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And my subreddit is reddit.com forward slash r forward slash alpha male buddhist that's my subreddit where you can uh, comment and interact with other listeners and it's a great forum to sit and have an open dialogue so again thank you for listening and namaste